0: Hi, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scottish Liberty Podcast, number 29. Already, with me, Tom Laird, and not, as you can see, not Pan Samarov, who's off in India uh, getting his uh, chakras fiddled with, or whatever it is you do over there um, Govinda Jaya and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we have, an a pathetic attempt to swell the size of our gay uh, audience, Darren um, Egintriler. I'm glad he said that because I'm never, it. ever going to be able to pronounce that. Say it again. a Gesundheit. Uh, how, how much is that worth at Scrabble? <laughs> you just does. automatically win the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you run out of the little tile things to actually put on the board. So yeah, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, Anthony's not with us uh, because he's in India finding himself. Uh, you think you'll find when he comes back he's, he's still in the back of the couch where he left himself. Um, however, without further ado, let's get on with the show, you lucky libertarians, you. Um, first up to date, uh I was going to say burning my toast, but it's actually so bad it's actually boiling my piss. Um, <laughs> Uh, gender quotas in politics. Gender quotas in politics. Uh, we, have, uh, situa- we have a situation. We have We've got a situation here. Um, I'm reading from the BBC's website, now this I was. I became aware of this yesterday, so uh, we're about a, a day out of date with this stuff. But who cares? You know, that's the kind of show we've got going here. We don't give a monkeys. Uh, increase women MPs are face, face fines. Parties told. Okay, political parties must face fines if they do not ensure at least 45%. I don't know who comes up with that figure and why. Uh, Political parties must face fines if they do not ensure at least 45% of general election candidates are female. MPs have recommended the Women and Equalities Committee who knew such a thing existed. Uh, I don't know why it's the Women and Equalities Committee. I don't know why it's just not the Equalities Committee. But anyway, the Women and Equalities Committee... It's a clue as to exactly how equal they are going to make things. (laughs) That is actually, it's a big red flag, saying that you know, here's exactly what we're about. Uh, So anyway, the Women and Equalities Committee said the fact that 30% of current MPs were women represented, quote, a serious democratic deficit for, quote, again, no good reason, (laughs) unquote. Well, I don't know, how do they know that there's no good reason? Uh, It said the law must change after the 2020 general election if that figure does not increase significantly. The government said it was considering the recommendations. There are currently 195 women in the House of Commons. The Cross-Party Committee's report said that meant the UK was ranked 48th in the world in terms of female representation in equivalent institutions. Um, Okay, what do we think of this? Uh, Darren, any thoughts? So... Uh, what, what, what is it? Roughly one in three MSPs that are women. Currently MSPs, but this is I think this is going to be across the This is going to be parliamentary MPs. So we're talking about Westminster here. Right. So what we got in, in the the MSP thing? How many? So it, a, MSPs wise,
1: so um, the Labour would be um, the highest with forty six percent women. Okay. This is in 2016, so right. this is elected people rather than just candidates. Right. Um, I think the Green Party was the, was one of the lowest of the major parties at 17% because only one one okay. of nine or whatever
0: that is, one of six or something like that. Right. Um, uh, so... Slightly different to the figures I've got here, I think. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, well, I mean, this is according to... Uh, what we got? Oh no, this is, well, this is the BBC, God, God alone knows. Uh, but according to them, that we see... Well, this is House of Commons. This is not MSPs. Okay, well, that okay. Makes sense. So. Okay, House of Commons. Right. SNP are running at 38%. Green Party, 38%. Labour, 34%. And the Conservatives, 26%. Odd that the Labour Party got 34%. Considering... Well, odd that they're less than the SNP or the Green Party, considering that the Labour Party have got all-women shortlists. Which means, basically, if you have a penis, or you're thinking of having a penis or you know someone with a penis, or at any time in your life you might have seen a penis, then you can fuck off, quite frankly. You're not going to be considered uh, for uh, a Member of Parliament as a candidate for the Labour Party. You're but, out. Yeah, you're, you're right out of there. Um, uh, if you've even spoke to somebody who might have seen a penis uh, at any point in their life, uh, you won't be considered. UKIP, 13%. Liberal Democrats, 26%. Uh, how are the Scottish Libertarian Party currently standing in terms of uh, female MPs? Did it did it Zero. Zero. Shocking, shocking. Uh, this is clearly because the Scottish Libertarian Party are uh, just misogynist assholes, quite frankly. Um we don't actually have any male MPs either, or MSPs or councillors. Hope to rectify that this year. Uh, we're going to sweep to power. But uh, we we don't have any. So we could actually, if we put up candidates for uh, for the national elections, it could be that, let's suppose we only put up ten candidates. At least five, at least four of them. Four and a half of them. Four, four ladies and a midget. With a little midget women would have to be uh, our candidates, otherwise we're going to get a fine. They haven't said what the fine's going to be yet. Um, This is, I find this really, look, frankly, I couldn't give a monkeys if every single MP in parliament was a woman, provided that they were competent and able to do the job. Right. who gives a flying monkeys, whether they're male, female, transgender, hermaphrodite, uh, you know, trans species. I really don't care as long as they are protecting my individual rights and liberties and they're not taxing me. Uh, so I suppose that's, that's right out of the question. Um, I mean, it could be a strategy
1: I would, um, to simply pay whatever hypothetical fine. I mean, if men in politics are doing so much better than women that you have to... An, an absurd suggestion. I mean, continue. Well, if you have to force people to get women into those jobs, yeah. then clearly they're not competing. Uh, they're not doing as well when competing with men. Right. Or at least that's what it seems like that's saying. Right. So in which case, if one party was to just... Um, disregard gender and pay the fine they may do better because they might have better candidates because they're ignoring gender
0: well exactly and this is this is what i I fear may happen in the end if voters uh i mean let's, let's have a look at this for a start i mean i ran in the the last scottish election stood against ruth davidson and i think there was four or five No, apart from Ruthie there was also, because I know her, uh, (laughs) there was also four other candidates on the ticket I believe. I was the only male candidate on the ballot. Uh, Currently in Scotland we're standing at Labour Party, leader Kezia Dugdale, last time I looked, female, far as I know. Uh, Ruth Davidson, Scottish Conservatives, female, far as I know. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon, female leader, Scottish National Party. Let's look at the Prime Minister, Uh, you know, what's her fucking name again? Theresa May. May. (laughs) Theresa May. Uh, Again, a woman. Um, I don't think women are seriously underrepresented. Okay, what they're saying is women represent 50% of the population, and yet they only represent, I don't know, whatever, let's say for argument's sake, 20% of, of, of parliament. It should be higher than that. It should be, I don't know where to get this this thing. If, 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 if women indeed do represent 50% of the population, then surely they should be looking at 50% uh, of representation in parliament. And I think this follows on from, the, remember they, they made a ruling, or certain countries, I think Sweden has a ruling that on the boards of companies it's got to be 45%. Uh, Women. Right, they, they they were saying
1: they were considering that, like, um, yeah. two years ago, I read it um, was an article that was saying that not only would this apply to um, government, also pub um, publicly funded boards where the public funding was fifty percent or more. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually just private sector as well, they would just force all the well, companies. Well,
0: that's, that's the problem. I mean, I, I guess if the if uh, there's public funding there involved and the government's involved, I guess the government has a right to say who you can and, and who you can't employ. But when you're a privately funded, privately operated company, I don't think the government's got any business telling you who you can and cannot employ. For example, if a woman wanted to start her own company and say, I do not wish to employ men. My entire company is going to be a safe space for women. I'm not going to employ men at all. I think they should be able to do that. Um, I think some of them do, um, like just now, obviously. Yeah, I've, I've heard of female-only companies. I no here. with that either. No, I don't have a problem with it. And uh, I do have a problem with you know black-only companies, white-only companies, uh, in principle. I might decide that I don't want to do business. I might decide I don't want to buy from a company that operates that kind of policy. But I think they should be able to do it uh, uninhibited uninfe- un- by the government. But i tell you what, what what bugs me about this whole thing. I think eventually they're going to have to say, well, look, if we don't get the results we're looking for, if we if we implement this and we've still not got 45% women... Uh, because then the date it's down to the electorate. Yeah. You know, the, 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 even if you put up... Uh, all women can- I mean, if they don't get enough votes, they're not going to get through. So if there's one guy in the ticket and he gets it, what are they then going to do? Are they going to say, well, if you've got a situation where there's uh, a ticket with four female candidates on it and one male candidate, are we then going to start off each female with 20% of the available electorate automatically before we even start? To give them a heads up; otherwise, there's a danger the man might get, in, and then Parliament will still be imbalanced, uh, or just uh, segregate it like Olympic sports, um, where where you have a, 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 a female, female parliament, parliament and a male and a parliament. parliament. Well, why not? We've already got a Muslim Parliament somewhere in Britain. I don't know whether maybe that's just Daily Mail propaganda, but I don't think so. I think we do have a a Muslim Council. Why not have a, a women's parliament as well, and it can deal with women's issues, whatever they are, and uh, you know, in that way, they can, you know, they can they can get in, no problem. I don't think there's a see. Why I think why, why do you think um,
1: the numbers are the way they are right now? Okay, given that it is partly okay. voluntary. Yeah, and there are no fines. Why is it that um, two out of three um,
0: members of parliament are male? Okay, if you talk to somebody from the Women's Equality Party, uh, or even the Labour Party or the Green Party, but especially the Women's Equality Party, um, they will tell you that it is blatantly just down to sexism. It's the patriarchy, you know. Uh, Parliament's sexist. There's a sexist mood prevailing in Parliament. Uh, it's a sexist culture. Um, the electorate themselves are sexist. Even the women who vote for men have internalized misogyny, you know. So this is this is this is the whole root of the problem. So you've constantly got to be tinkering and socially engineering in order to get the result you want. That's what they say. However, like everything the Women's Equality Party say, it's utter, utter bullshit. I'm convinced that there's okay, this there's, there's maybe several reasons. One I would reckon politics is a pretty grubby, um, boring for most of the time, and sort of- You've got- Yeah, a thankless task a lot of the time. And uh, for a lot of the women, I just don't think it's it's something that they aspire to as much as men. Now, I'm gonna get an argument on that, I'm sure. There's also the the work-life balance, I think most women genuinely value more time with their family, more time with their kids uh, than men do. Men will make that sacrifice for their political career. I don't know how many women are prepared to sacrifice the relationship with their their kids, husband, rest of their family, parents. I would want to bring up statistics on that. Somebody somebody look for statistics
1: on that because I'm almost certain that the most successful female politicians don't have children. Okay. And that's like there's a correlation between not having
0: children and being successful? That's in terms of politics? I, I'm is just is to is it, a prob- guess. Is it that's probably a true in terms of CEOs as well? I would imagine so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, uh, yeah, and I, I think that, that plays a, a huge part of it. I mean, Margaret Thatcher had. I mean, see, like, here's the thing if we are so patriarchal and so sexist, how the devil did Margaret Thatcher ever get elected? How did she even get a look in? as a as a candidate, you know, for that sexist. We're talking about, we've had female prime ministers, you know, we had, we've we had Golda Meir uh, for Israel way back. We've had Indira Gandhi. You know, these are the, Seriously, India? You want to talk about patriarchy? You want to talk about a country where, where, where women are, you know, don't get the opportunities that men do, and yet a woman still became president? Pakistan, for crying out loud. Benazir Bhutto in Pakistan. These were women who stood up against insurmountable odds, and undoubted sexism, and still succeeded. So what you're really saying is, well, women are incapable there's a, there's a sexism behind it. There's a Victorian sexism. There's a fainting couch feminism behind this that says women are these weak, defenseless creatures, and unless we remove all these obstacles from their way, you know, and stop them from getting hurt, they're not going to be able to compete with the blokes. That's really what's behind this. I mean, I was reading there's an article in Spiked online by Ella Whelan, who, you know, who, who does a lot of good stuff when it comes to, uh, to feminism. And it's saying you, know, this is really patronising to women. It's saying that without this kind of help, you will not be able to succeed, and that's just not true. Women have, we've had a lot of you, know, uh, Edwina, i have just, well, I've just rained off the women who have succeeded in Scottish politics. Um, don't women themselves wonder, and don't women themselves think, look, aren't we going to end up with women in power who just have no real capability and no real aptitude for the job. They're just there to make up the numbers. You know that, That's what would concern me if I was a woman. The other thing I'm going to have to say is, in this day uh, and age, um, you can pretty much choose to be whatever gender you wish. It's got nothing to do with your sexual organs. I'm, I'm not, this is not my personal opinion. I'm just telling you this is how it is. It's got nothing to do with your sexual organs, what gender you are. Uh, So how are they going to, how are they going to manage this? Are they going to tell you, if I run and say like, okay, I'm going to be a candidate for the SNP, for example, uh, I may have a penis, but it does not define my gender. I am a woman. You know, what does a woman look like? How are you going to, how can you tell me, it's hate speech, in fact, for you to tell me that I'm not a woman. So how are they going to police this? How are they going to be able to tell who is and who isn't a woman? Um, if a man chooses to identify as a woman, then he's a woman. And vice versa, if a woman chooses to identify as a man. And how big are these fines going to be? Is it going to be worth changing
1: your um, state of your- gender <laughs> simply to avoid fines? Because that
0: that could, again, just be a strategy for just getting around this ridiculous Yeah, you, you possibly could. But here's a, here's another thing as well. I'm, I'm reckoning well, feminism... I'm always told, I'm constantly told by feminists, it's a bit like Islam, I'm told by Muslims that I don't understand Islam, really. I'm told by Calvinists that I don't really understand Calvinism, and despite the fact that I was born and raised and indoctrinated in Roman Catholicism, I'm often told by Roman Catholics, you just don't understand Roman Catholicism. So I'm told by feminists often, you just don't understand feminism, okay? Uh, Feminism's about women being able to make choices... And do what they want. Really? Well, not really. Uh, apparently, feminism wants you to be a politician, a CEO, or a scientist. That's it. You know, you don't get to stay at home with the kids, even if you want to. You know, but I think it was Simone de Beauvoir who was uh, Jean-Paul Sartre's mistress, well mistress, sorry, lover, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. She actually said that women should not be allowed, by law, to stay at home and look after children because too many of them would want to do it. That's what she said. She called herself a feminist. Uh, So, that's it. Here we have a situation... What's wrong with that? (laughs) What... if? Well, well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. Where are all these politicians, CEOs and scientists going to come from if women make lifestyle choices that don't put themselves in that direction? So we're going to have... If you want 45% of boards to be CEOs and you want 45% of MPs to be women and you want 45% of scientists to be women, then they're going to have to come from somewhere and women are going to have to do it. So they're going to have to find some way... Of promoting women's lifestyle choices to correspond with it, you know, you just can't be anything other than that because you're not, you're letting down the team, so to speak. Right. I don't think there's any sexism in this. I think the sexism is saying that unless you're a woman, you can't stand. It. If you have all female shortlists, then really what you're doing is you're defining... You are defining somebody by their gender. You're saying you cannot stand for this election unless you are a woman. Which is utter bullshit. It's utter, utter bullshit. Uh, and I, I don't hold with it. I think it's insulting to women. It's patronising to women. Uh, anybody who who wants to make legislation like this for anything, uh, for any... Whether it's gender whether it's race, whether it's religious groups, I think anybody who wants to bring in legislation like this is basically incapable. It's legislation for incapable people. I can't achieve, therefore I want the playing field. It's not just levelled. It's not levelling the playing field. It's tilting the playing field in favour. Now, The feminist would argue, well, the, the, the field's been tilted the other way for too long. I don't believe that's the case. Uh... So I I I looked into some well,
1: so I I would be a proponent of uh, IQ. I know Anthony isn't, but I'm I'm standing in for him just now, so I'm going to talk okay. about that a little bit. IQ.
0: Yeah. So, oh, right. I know it's horrible, isn't it? Uh, it is. Especially since I mean I don't know how accurate. Uh, a gauge of somebody's intelligence IQ tests actually are. That's have to believe, fine,
1: that's, that's fine. So okay. you can scrap this theory if, if IQ doesn't, but right. for those of you, for those listeners that do think IQ is a good measure of, um, uh, what well, what is it, general intelligence, and therefore, um, well, I mean, it, it certainly co- correlates to earning potential. Are we sure about that? Um, I mean sure as you can be about scientific <laughs> studies, right? So, so like there are studies that show a correlation between um, uh, measured IQ and uh, average salary, right? So okay. all of this is averages. It doesn't
0: pre- right. It's a pretty good predictor. Mm-hmm. If you know someone's IQ, you can guess okay. their... Because apparently Jamie thixton has got a higher IQ than Einstein. I mean, I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it know either. either. But I found something interesting because okay. I was looking into
1: why... Because I was trying to figure out Why is it that there are twice as many men uh, in uh, that are members of parliament and women? So I looked into it. So back in 1932, uh, there was a Scottish IQ test conducted on the population that found no significant mean difference in intelligent quotient between men and women. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Because that would have been awkward, right? Right, yeah. Um, So in other words, uh, it, mean IQ is the same for men and women, regardless. But there is a highly significant difference between standard deviation, so that is kind of like this spread from that mean. Okay. So the spread for men was found to be larger in that population, okay, than women. In other words, in general, women are around the middle of the spectrum, right? And yeah, and uh, and and men are kind of more spread out. So you get. More really super intelligent men, and you also get more really super stupid men, or not stupid, right. unintelligent. Okay. Sorry, right. yeah. um, so I think I think that if you use that principle, that that explains why, because it, it, and it even explains like why more CEOs are, are men as well. Because yep. if you chop off anything below, say. Uh, 80 IQ wise, just Thank that, God.
0: I wondered what you were going to say there. If you chop anything <laughs> off below, I thought this is getting a bit extreme, but anyway, carry on. If
1: you chop off um, <laughs> the population that has an IQ lower than 80 as unemployable because, um, well, actually due to minimum wage laws, come to think of it, because you would right. be able to employ them, but just not in any job yeah. that earns the minimum wage, um, probably, um, then you're really just leaving a top heavy mean that shifts the male mean more right. than it shifts the female mean because of the higher standard de- deviation, right. which pretty much precisely predicts both the gender wage gap that's uh, seen in a number of industries, um, which, and by that I just mean the mean difference between earnings in the same industry. Okay. That predicts that, and I think it also points to why. So basically, if, if there is a field that, uh, where IQ, is correlated to success right then there will be more men in that field than women okay that's, that's what I'm asserting based on a 1932 study um, and a little bit of mental gymnastics so <laughs> I would love to hear the arguments against that because obviously I've just pulled that out of my arse But
0: um, well that's, I think uh, that's never bothered us before on this show <laughs> uh, that's how I would explain it Okay, so, but I mean, I don't know, should we discriminate against the stupid? I mean, if it turns out that, let's let's supposing that most uh, MPs have an IQ over a certain amount, Um, wouldn't it make sense then to say okay why should we have that? I mean stupid people represent at least maybe 40% of the population. Shouldn't we have quotas to make sure that stupid people are represented in Parliament? I don't think we need quotas. I think stupid people are represented fully in both uh, the Scottish and the United Kingdom Parliament and even more so in the European Parliament. True and to be clear like IQ
1: doesn't correlate necessarily to stupid right? You can be really smart and really stupid, or or, sorry, you can have high IQ and be stupid, does that make sense? Like make stupid decisions, use your brain,
0: to do yeah like sort of uh, like an absent-minded professor type stereotype like you could okay sort of knows can absolutely calculate uh you know the fucking square fucking root of nine million three hundred and twenty one but yet can't match his socks tie tie. or tie a tie yeah. or even can't get on a bus without help yeah i i get it i get it um I don't know how much more time I want to dedicate to, to this bullshit because it is, but it looks at, I mean, this has been proposed by a parliamentary committee uh, for the UK Parliament. You can bet your ass that the Scottish Parliament is not going to be outdone in this if uh, the SNP can rush this through and get it done quicker and say look we're the first we've made a law that says you have to have all your MP you know you have to have 40 percent or 50 percent of your MPs uh are going to be women as far as i'm aware two years ago yeah they put put forward a proposal to
1: um devolve the the powers to make that exact legislation
0: so yeah right okay. so yeah they'll them. be race now that they know that this has been discussed in the english they'll be dying to do this first just to show how fucking right on that they actually are. I think it's a disgraceful suggestion. If it ever goes into legislation, I think it'll be a disgraceful piece of legislation. Oh, that's easy for you to say because you have a penis. Look, let me tell you something. There's been more female prime ministers in this country in the last 50 years than there has been bald prime ministers in the last 50 years. The last bald prime minister that we had was Clement Attlee. And everybody who has tried to be Prime Minister, who happened to be bald since that time, has failed. Neil Kinnock, bald, failed to become Prime Minister. John Smith, bald, failed to become Prime Minister. IDS, bald, failed to become Prime Minister. Um, William Hague. Bald failed to become prime minister. If you're bald and a bloke, you don't get to be prime minister in the last fifty years. So I think a hairy Archie. Yeah, I'm gonna. I yeah, think the Harry Archie. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think we should strike a blow for the baldies here. I demand a shortlist of bald men uh, for yes. for MP and for prime minister. Bald only shortlist. Yeah, baldest, baldest, bald only shortlist. Uh, and before you know it. There'll be some sort of law that says, uh, you know, even if you have a full head of hair, you can be bald if you want to. You know, uh, you, go, you can't say I'm not bald just because I've got a full head of hair. <laughs> Inside, I feel bald, okay? Uh, uh, I'm tra- yeah, I'm trans I'm trans Yeah, it's going to happen. You heard it here first. So in that ridiculous note. Uh, Let's move on to something uh, a little bit more edifying, uh, possibly. Uh, We're going to move on to uh, something that mystifies me. uh, And, uh, well, I am a moron. Sometimes fucking basic arithmetic mystifies me. But uh, we're going to move on to Bitcoin. Um, I don't know much about it. I know more about it now than I knew about two years ago. When I first heard of the concept, it kind of baffled me. I thought, how can this work? But thankfully... Uh, if you like me, you're a complete and total moron uh, when it comes to Bitcoin, we have the cavalry riding to the rescue in the form of my co-host Darren, who's going to school us all on what Bitcoin is. Uh, is it dangerous? <laughs> should we be afraid of it? Or should we be saving it up? And um, yeah, can you buy porn with it? That's what I want to know. That last was easy. Yes, <laughs> of course. Okay. Um, uh, can you work in porn and get paid in Bitcoin? Yeah, that money. yeah, yeah of course, directly. Yeah, I mean, that's not exactly what I want to talk about. No, of course it isn't. Sorry, right, okay. <laughs> but, what, yeah, we, okay, yeah, we, what, what is Bitcoin, and is it, what, what do we, why do we need it? I mean, interesting, it, interestingly, it does kind of solve
1: the problem that porn caused, which is that you can't really do payments through the internet. So the internet didn't have a payment protocol. There's a right. little bit left over in the, the TCP IP that right. does facilitate payments, but no
0: one ever implemented it because they couldn't figure out how to do it. Well, who buys porn anymore, anyway? Well, is it? it's that much quality free scud? So I hear. I mean, I don't for myself. Yes. Apparently, it's a top quality free scud on the internet. I don't really know who buys. I go into I go into newsagents and I'm absolutely mystified why they still sell magazines in there like Scuddy magazines. Who buys them and why? But anyway, must be a, it must be a niche market. That's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's sort of degenerating here. Uh, Yeah, back to serious stuff. Bitcoin, what is it? Why do we need it? And... uh, Well, so so like uh,
1: buying, like, journalism online, for example, because credit cards are not really for internet, uh, we kind of bodged it. And so when the internet started producing valuable stuff and people wanted to buy it, like sometimes like the minimum... Order be like a couple of quid? Right. Otherwise it's not really worth them facilitating it. Uh, cause there's like a minimum charge and then a percentage. So they don't bother selling anything. That's why they always try and get you on a, a monthly subscription. Uh, like if you're, uh, I, I don't know, if you're uh, getting a magazine um, online or if you're subscribing to an electronic version of a newspaper, then yeah, they want you to subscribe so that they can get regular payments cause it's more cost effective. You can't really just pay per article you read. Right. Um, so that's not, it, that's one of many use cases for Bitcoin. Okay, yeah. but what
0: is it? Right? What is Bitcoin? It's... Uh, See, that's, that's what everyone st- asks. to him already. Yeah, right? yeah that's <laughs> what everyone asks. Like, that's yeah. the obvious question to ask. That is the obvious question. Please and, give me an answer. You can answer it so, <laughs> <many ways. laughs> so many ways. <laughs> okay. you can in so many ways. So it's... Uh, Try one way. One way. <laughs> what but, is Bitcoin?
1: I'll ask it again. What is Bitcoin? <laughs> it is a... It, it, is a inter, <laughs> it is an internet protocol for money. Okay. So... Uh, uh, it's an it's e-currency. HTTP is the hypertext uh, uh, protocol okay. for the internet, which gives us websites right. to some degree. Bitcoin gives us value transfer over the internet. So right. it's just a protocol. So that's capital B Bitcoin. Right. Uh, lowercase b Bitcoin is the currency that most people talk about, okay. which just happens to run on Bitcoin, capital B technology, if okay. that makes sense. Uh, the easiest way to think about it is, um, it is a ledger, uh, so just a list of transactions that is publicly available to everyone who wants to look at it on the internet. Okay. Uh, so if I wanted to send you some Bitcoin, I would say, here's some Bitcoin, you would take a look at the list, the ledger. All right. And you'd be like, "Yes, okay, you own the Bitcoin you just gave me, so and and you can accept the transaction." Right. Like so. So since we have. But each, it doesn't
0: tell you. Oh, uh, okay. So so since since that is, right. So that, since that uh,
1: is public, it's like public knowledge. So anyone who wants to check can check who owns each tiny fraction of money, and so. Right. All it is is a big list of transactions, um, and all owning Bitcoin is is having uh, created an address right. to which there is a transaction incoming, okay. and that, that's you that's you you own Bitcoin.
0: So, it, it, but it would, would to simplify, could I say that it is just a, a, an electronic currency, or does that not cover it? Not really, because
1: so are the pounds you have in your, your bank account. Everything is digital currency now. Okay. There's a very small percentage, about 3% of currency that is cash in the UK. Okay. The rest, 97% of it is just uh, commercial bank money that we, you know, we, we, there's, each bank has a ledger and we, it has uh, millions of ledgers within it that are for separate accounts. And yeah, so digital money has existed for ages and ages and ages. Uh, the thing that Bitcoin sort of solved um, is something that's called the uh, double spend problem. Okay. So if you have like an email and you send it to, wait, well, if you send it to me, yeah. I'm like, oh, yay, an email if that had value. You could also send it to Anthony. Right. And he wouldn't know that I already had the email. Okay. So if it was money, you'd you just have doubled your money. So we might both send you the beer that you had just purchased from us. Okay. And you'd be like, ha, 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 ha. Like, one of those emails is just a copy of an email, right? right. Okay. So, so what Bitcoin does is it it fixes that problem of digital scarcity, right? Because it's just numbers, right? Yeah. So if you send if you send numbers to me and then to Anthony, I need to be able to check that that you haven't also sent those numbers to Anthony, right? And I do that by checking the public ledger, where it will clearly say that you've already sent those numbers to Anthony, right? And so I'll be like, Nah, mate. You need to give me okay numbers.
0: But so it tells you that, but it doesn't tell you what I've sent them for. No,
1: no, it's just transactions. Like, bereft of any other information, that's one of the beauties. So it's not entirely anonymous. Right. Because, um, like, I can see every transaction that that yeah. Bitcoin has taken before yeah. you, so I can tell what you got that money from. Right. I can follow the trail. And you get services that will do that for you and investigate people and
0: see where the money's come from. So in theory, the government knows where it came from and knows how much information does the government have from it. The same as so, these private companies, I suppose. So
1: all it knows is the chain of transactions. Everyone knows the chain of every transaction. So if I send you a transaction, I can follow where that money goes. Yeah. I don't know where you've sent it, And I don't know who's got that and I don't know what it's for, but I can follow it. So in in theory, so the the only time that that de-anonymizes is at the point where it exchanges between uh, fiat currency and Bitcoin. So if I buy some Bitcoin via an exchange for pounds, um, the company is forced by the government to take my passport and take my address so that it can follow the money. Okay. The only way to stay anonymous in Bitcoin is to mine some yourself. So and how just one do that? Um, so get original Bitcoin as part of the distribution network. Uh, so how do you do that? Um, you you run Bitcoin software. Um, so rather than it being a bank that has servers that uh, tells you, you know that you log into. Yeah. Uh, anyone can choose to run a server and when you make a bitcoin transaction you're talking to whoever is running servers in your
0: area and then the rest of the world kind of thing. Okay uh, clear as mud because uh, <laughs> I when, when we done our, uh, we done our podcast on the tax thing with Dominic Frisbee, you and Frisbee yeah. kind of like we're, we're, are both big into this, uh, the bitcoin thing and I was completely mystified uh, so just briefly going back then so do, do we know who invented this? I mean, who is who is Dread Pirate Robert? Who is this guy? <laughs> so Dread, Dread Pirate Roberts
1: uh, uh, refers to the owner of the original Silk Road. Um, but that's, right. that is well known. At least the authorities think they know who it is. And I suspect it probably was uh, uh, Ross Ulbricht. Okay. Who's in jail now. <laughs>
0: but, right. that's, but that's not who invented Bitcoin. Um that's just who so do we, do gave we, it a good we, use do case. So do we know who invented it? Uh, no.
1: no. No. I mean, I think I know, and right. Derek Scott um, confirmed that he agreed that he right. he, th- he thinks that is the case. Because he wrote the book on Bitcoin, right? So he, he yeah. knows his stuff. Right. Um, so probably Craig Wright. Um, he's an Australian uh, computer scientist, uh doctor uh, that... Uh, yeah, like he just he, there's some interviews with him on Vimeo because there's a documentary that was produced before that was revealed, okay. where he said a couple of things and his um, publicist was off camera and said, yeah, he probably said enough there and he sort of backsister. <laughs> so yeah, right, okay. So either it's a great big scam and somehow he's managed to um, avoid tens of millions of Australian dollars in tax right. by pretending to be Satoshi. Right, okay, or he is Satoshi, and I think Occam's Razor. I think he was at least part of Satoshi, it was him and one other man that disgracefully I'm going to forget the name of. Sorry, it'll come here as uh, well. Klein- Kleinman, Kleinman. I think, uh, Californian computer scientist. That's what I was going to say, yeah, David right. Kleinman.
0: Hey, someone can correct me if that's wrong, okay. Um, but st- uh, in the news recently, something to do with China. You're going to give, give us okay. some, some update on what's happening with Bitcoin vis-a-vis China. Yeah, so a massive percentage, something like 90% of
1: um, Bitcoin exchange is between Yuan or Renminbi and Bitcoin. Uh, so that's for a number of reasons. Um, one, one of them being uh, capital controls or capital flight in China because they're basically trying to escape the fact that their government is inflating their currency okay. against the US dollar um, and every other currency in the world. So in order to protect their wealth, the most wealthy um, Chinese individuals, the smart ones, are buying up a lot of Bitcoin. Right. Um, I mean, they're buying gold as well, but there's a
0: restriction on how much gold you can buy in China and, okay. uh, or import uh, in China. Yeah, I guess I'm as much a restriction on how much you can take out, I would guess as well. Yeah, so you you can't just go to London and buy property, but if you buy Bitcoin in China,
1: which is legal, uh, you can do whatever the hell you want with Bitcoin. It doesn't have borders. Uh, They don't know what you do with it once you, what you spend, um, who you buy from, and then on. They can follow the transactions, but it doesn't tell them anything. It's a bunch of numbers. It doesn't tell them anything about who that money's going to, so you can then buy a flat in London as an investment, for example, right. and you're good. Okay. So obviously they're very concerned about that. Yeah. And so just uh, er- earlier today or per- perhaps late last night, um, our time at least, uh, the, the, pr- well, the, pr- the price over the last month has been skyrocketing. It's okay. been going really, really well. Um, and in general, over the last year, it's the best performing currency.
0: Well, currently, um, how's it run in terms of for pounds? What's a, what's a, what's so one one chain? bitcoin would be worth about
1: uh, uh, eight hundred quid, right? Or okay. is it eight hundred dollars at the moment? Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, two days ago eight hundred
0: quid, yeah. but um, now it's dropped. But you could buy twenty percent. You could buy a tenth of a bitcoin or a fifth of a bitcoin or whatever. You could buy a hundred millionth of a bitcoin. Right. Okay. Yeah. But is there, a, is there a minimum, is there a minimum sale for Bitcoin? I mean, like... Uh, like there comes a point where the transaction fee um, is more than the amount you're
1: buying. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, at the moment, the transaction fee is something along the lines of 10 pence Right. Um, per, per transaction. Um, but that is the same for a million pence okay. worth of
0: Bitcoin as it is for 10 pence worth of Bitcoin. All right. Or half a pence worth of Bitcoin if you want. Well, I seem to remember, I mean, recently, I'm talking about the last couple of months, there was some, uh, know, a news report that I picked up on where they said that somebody had hacked in, I don't know, I don't know how you'd hack in a Bitcoin. Sure. Uh, did that happen? How did it happen? No. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so it's just an attempt to discredit Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Usually. So what, what does happen is
1: the exchanges. So anywhere there's um, fiat currency, there's problems. Uh, yeah, yeah so the exchanges can be hacked um uh, absolutely they, they can be and it's just um misconduct of staff running these exchanges okay so as soon as you um send your bitcoin to an exchange they own it it's like a bearer bond so if they lose it that's yeah. it there's no getting it back they can't refund you it's gone forever to whoever has stolen it okay um, so yeah, it's like it's like a gold bearer bond. And that's maybe what I should have answered the first question with.
0: Right, gold bearer bond. Fine. And and what's the difference uh, between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Gold? Is Bitcoin Gold tied to physical gold, or, or if not, why is it called Bitcoin Gold? So what is Bitcoin Gold? Ah, ah there ah. you go. Uh, so you don't know. is what you're saying. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I've just heard about. I believe uh, Derek Scott or uh, the. Our man in Aberdeen, I think he's got some sort of credit card with Bitcoin gold on it. I think You can actually buy. Okay. I think it's tied to. I don't know whether it's. It's not Bitcoin, but I think I remember the conversation.
1: So he's talking about a gold backed credit card so that they'll keep gold for you. And when you spend, um, they will um, liquidate a bit of the gold and convert it to pounds and you pay with that. So so it's like having a. A bank account that's actually gold, and there are similar ones for Bitcoin. So I think that's, unless I completely misunderstand, I think you can, you can certainly get cards that are Bitcoin backed, okay. and you can certainly get cards that are gold backed, and that's what Derek was talking right. about.
0: And there's other, there's also similar currencies out there in the market. Who's the, the two? Who's the two biggies? Who's the other biggies? Um, the, the other big uh, alt coins are uh, Ethereum
1: um, and uh, Ripple. Okay. Do they work on the exact same principle? No, so it's the equivalent of being able to choose what your mon- monetary policy is going to be. Okay. So if you want inflation at 10% every year, then you can choose to use black coin because okay. that's that's how that's set. Right. Um, if you uh, don't want any inflation at all, then, then you use Bitcoin, it's kind of deflationary. Right. Um, if you want to be able to, uh, do completely anonymous transactions where people can't even follow the chain. Use something like Dash or Monero. Um, if you want to cure cancer whilst mining for coins, use uh, Fold Coin, okay. which I think does protein folding, which could potentially figure out proteins that can cure cancers. Okay.
0: Uh, but I guess like with something with something like Black whatever it was you mentioned there i take yeah. it with that because there's no audit trail in terms of uh, you, you know you, you won't be able, you're taking more of a risk when you use that than you'd be doing using bitcoin that'd be right um so the the only difference in risk is
1: uh well not really because it's like the, it, because it's mathematics that secure it secures you okay if that makes sense so if as long as you Trust, um, the community that uses that currency has checked the code that the currency operates on. Are they all blockchain? Uh, um, No. Okay. Not necessarily. Right. right. (laughs) Most of them are just sort of Bitcoin clones and then they tweak the the specifics. Right. Like uh, Litecoin used to be silver to Bitcoin's gold. Okay. Litecoin was just, oh, well, we'll just reduce the, uh, we'll change the... Uh, internal mathematics, and will reduce the time that each transaction block goes okay. ahead to smaller, yeah. so that it's quicker. Okay, and we can do more transactions.
0: And why would somebody want a, a, a transaction of a coin uh, that had a fifteen percent um, inflation? Inflation, rate? What would be the advantage of doing so, that? So, like, so
1: for people who are Austrian economists versus people who uh, believe in modern monetary theory like so economists basically that think, oh well in order to sustain a nation you need uh, a certain amount of inflation because that drives growth. growth, yeah. Right, okay. So if you believe that, then you go ahead and use that currency. Okay. So I like that because um, essentially it bears out whatever the best economic system is because people are, are simply going to choose the one that they think works. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, they'll switch. Yeah. so if Bitcoin, I get it. It suddenly turns out Bitcoin is rubbish, we just switch to another one right Just switch to a- another one and the the uh, market cap of a cryptocurrency is equivalent to the sort of decision making power of everyone who uses its brains, saying that this is the best currency, okay right? so it 's like the market the you know invisible hand choosing the right thing because there's no restrictions on who can use a cryptocurrency if you've got a computer.
0: Okay. Internet. What's, uh, I mean, what do you think the future of, of this is going to be? Do you think it's going to st- at any point surpass or replace the current system of, of, uh, of monetary exchange? Or do you think somehow the government's going to fuck it up, like it fucks up everything? Or is that even possible? I I 100% believe the government is currently
1: doing everything in their power to fuck it up. Because it really makes it incredibly difficult to control the economy. So the levers of power they have with um, central banks at the moment... is not possible with those
0: cryptocurrencies okay is there any okay so is there any conceivable way they could get any kind of handle or control on it um not currently uh, no not long term so uh psychology so the
1: absolute masters at controlling at uh spinning things and controlling the image of things like bitcoin okay so right now you say bitcoin immediately you think porn drugs
0: terrorists Right, okay. That is not an accident. Right, okay. That's been deliberately planted there yeah. to, to make you, to mistrust it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whereas the, in reality, it is the Jesus Christ of money. <laughs> like,
1: this will save civilization. Uh, wh- whether it will be a- actual Bitcoin or some other derivative of it, right. I, d- I certainly don't know. Um, but th- this could potentially fix civilization and stop it from collapsing like empires
0: always do really that 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 important mm-hmm. why have the Russians well i don't i'm saying the right Ru- i was going to say why have the russians got such a massive boner for it but uh that's kind of the oppression i get when you watch something like rt yeah they, they don't really shut the up about bitcoin they're they're very into it right i can explain that perfectly right. so so uh, it's
1: the same reason that they're in favor of the BRICS bank okay so uh, brazil russia india uh china south africa right Co- no. came together to make the korea and. there a- Oh, uh, possibly South Korea. Sorry, yeah, no, send Africa, yeah. Africa. <laughs> Sorry, I'll keep him right. Keep He'll, me right. He knows a lot
0: about Bitcoin. He knows jack shit about, about everything America. else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm catching up with everything right. else. Um. So yeah. So there is absolutely an incentive globally. Um. For everyone apart from America, and, and really? its allies. Okay. So Russia, especially, and China, especially, um, are kind of okay with Bitcoin. So China kind of wants to be the new uh, reserve currency, right? They want the yuan or the renminbi to be the new reserve currency of the world and screw up the the petrodollar Mm -hmm. because that is just giving the US leverage over everyone. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. um, So reserve currencies have like a a time limit, right? So it was the pound at one stage, it was the Dutch whatever at some stage, it was the Spanish whatever at some stage. And it transitioned to America after the World Wars yeah. uh, as the reserve currency and basically everything And there was, there was an that. attempt
0: I think to make, to, to make the euro a reserve currency Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And there's some people who insist that's what the Iraq war was really about Right Well because Iraq was going to uh, change all its petrodollars into... Uh, euros Euro dollars yeah. uh, so Euro, Petro euros Yeah whatever you want to call it Whatever you would call it yeah. Yeah. I, I can't I can't speak Euro- For the veracity Euro- of that I really don't know be Euro-
1: Yeah yeah
0: I really don't know much About it <laughs> So anyway So yeah.
1: Bitcoin could potentially um, Be Or sorry I should say Cryptocurrencies May be a better Reserve currency Or I guess It wouldn't even be Reserve currency it just Preferred currency By humans Okay Um, And I know That sounds a bit Globalist But Um yeah essentially it would negate the need for exchange actually it might bear out even more currencies yeah. than we currently have because people will again will buy into currencies where they agree with the principles that that currency is made out
0: right voluntarily okay. so what makes bitcoin in terms of i understand that if you buy if you've got gold or if you've got silver it's tied to that particular and it's a it's a fairly rare product that costs a lot of money to, to mine and so forth so yes. Uh, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You? It's scarce. It's a scarce, it's a scarce commodity. Yes. What makes Bitcoin a scarce commodity? Or, um,
1: well, that's that's the problem it solved. It is that scarcity thing, the right. non-copyability of it. Right. Okay. So there will only ever be twenty one million Bitcoin. That was right. from the start. The code is. It's hard-coded, you can't change.
0: Why them. that figure? Why 21 million, as um, opposed to 20 million, 19 million, 23 and a half million? Um,
1: it's, it's actually, it's like twenty nine 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 eight seven or something like that. And it's to do with um, bytes in the computer code. Okay. That, that was just a good number to go with. And so the, the distribution of Bitcoin uh, uh, goes like this. So it was very quick, 50 Bitcoin every 10 minutes and then it changed to 25, and now it's at 12.5, eventually that will be zero, and we'll hit a total of 21 million Bitcoin in the year 2140 something. Okay. Um, so that it's scarce, like, uh, like gold, uh, even better than gold, because we can't get any uh, asteroids bringing uh, more Bitcoin to. Yeah, well, who knows?
0: I mean, like, we could discover some sort of gold seam, you know, next week yeah. that would just bump yeah, the price of gold th- Yeah, make gold almost worthless. <laughs> yeah, that could happen, I suppose. Um, yeah, but they, they can't do that with Bitcoin. They can't do that with Bitcoin so much, no. So, um, are, I mean, how, are you, uh, how much, how many transactions or how much of the transactions you do in the deal have done Bitcoin? Or do you?
1: It's so um, I, I wouldn't want to broadcast at all no, my, okay, my use enough. of, of, yeah, of sure. Bitcoin. Obviously,
0: I'm a propo- proponent. Yeah. Um, I mean, who can, and practicalities in day to day life? What could somebody use Bitcoin for? Can I go to Tesco with Bitcoin? Can I buy online? Uh, you you can. Yeah. Uh, you you pay a fee because it would just be using that card where
1: it instantaneously exchanges to pounds before you pay for your food. Yeah. Um, Starbucks have a thing where you can buy. Um, via the Fold app you can buy Starbucks loyalty cards with Bitcoin so I could be in Starbucks in the queue and I could say oh I want a $20 card I'm gonna buy that from someone in America and then use the barcode to get 20% discount yeah so that's one use but honestly Bitcoin is not really for our country it's not I mean when I say that, I mean, it's not really critical for us, because our okay. monetary system, or rather, our user experience of money is amazing, right? Like, it's yeah. just so easy. You the fl- yeah. plastic, great, yeah. relatively secure yeah. um, for small amounts, no problem. Where it's huge is for places like uh, uh, Kenya, yeah. for example, or the unbanked uh, sort of 50% of the world. Um, where they don't have access to the kind of banking that we have access to. Uh, and uh, the, the best example of that is M-Pesa, yeah, uh, which came out of a company called M-Cell, uh, which first implemented um, exchanging top-up credit on dumb phones. Okay. Um, so if you've got like a Nokia 3210 and you've got um, top-up phone credit for calling people, um, the community in Uganda happened to start trading that, and just using that as money, um, and then MCell caught onto that um, and started turning thinking about making loans right with top up credit, um, and repayments with top up credit, and then that sort of um, got taken up by a company called Mpesa, which now does seventy percent seventy percent of people who earn less than. $1.25 equivalent a day, right. use M-Pesa to do all of their transactions. Okay, uh, so, in so
0: people in, in basically what you would regard as poverty or the UN or UNESCO would regard as poverty are able to use this technology yeah. to do transactions. And and that's just, yeah, they chose to use that because it was the most efficient way of
1: transacting value. Yeah. Uh, and there's a new company called um, Bitsim who um, make a little tiny electronic circuit embedded in a a plastic flap this big that goes in between the SIM card and the dumb phone. Okay. uh, Which means that you can use Bitcoin in in much a similar way to M-Pesa. And the idea there is, if you do that, then you or not I can loan money to people um,
0: in Uganda, Kenya, Wherever they have, I mean, yeah, Albania. I'm circulating them money, I gotta be honest. <laughs> they never pay me back. <laughs> uh, Albania, but the point is
1: that we can offer <laughs> yeah. loans, and um, uh, well, that's not actually really the point, but it, connect, it connects people around the world so that we can circumvent draconian financial oppression. Okay. Um, particularly central banks and interbank lending, like we can get around all of that. And government and, interference. And stop, stop the government interfering with these levers over the economy. And I think Bitcoin is like
0: the um, dart to the neck of that giant gorilla of a problem. <laughs> and on giant gorillas, uh, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, if you've got anything to add, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to say about the bullshit, uh, <laughs> feminist interference in, uh, in government and trying to get this situation where um, they're going to make it a law that if you don't have 45% of your nominated candidates uh, female then you're going to get fined. Anything to say about that? Let us know. If you're a woman out there listening to this show, uh, viewing this show and you agree or disagree, let us know, um, especially if you're currently in politics. And if you've got anything to share with us on Bitcoin, again, let us know. Uh, Leave your comments on the YouTube channel uh, or on Facebook. And thanks for being with us again. So from me, Tom Laird, and from... Darren Incatrillon. Yep. Don't be a lefty. Or a righty. Be a libertarian. Thanks.